Warning, the following podcast contains violent scenes that may be unsettling to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. In 1942, in the cold desert of a small border town of Texas, a group of kind are kidnapped and mass embraced by members of the fanatical sect, the Sabbat. Out of this group, only a handful survived, and through rituals and mentorship, they became the pack known as the Pale Riders. Representing the Sword of Cain, they are wielded by a mentor to cut deep wounds within the heartland of Mexico to the enemies of the Sabbat. Wars on Fire is a vampire the masquerade Sabbat chronicle that follows the Pale Riders pack that consists of Mitch, a Lazombra played by Adam, Coyote, a Ravenous anti-tribute played by Alex, Eldrick, a Caitiff played by David, Jasper, a Bruja anti-tribute played by Joaquin, Cora, a Shimizi played by Slavic, and Richard, a Venture anti-tribute played by Tillman. If you'd like to contact us, you can find us on Twitter at twin underscore cities underscore VTM or on Facebook at Twin Cities by Night. We hope you enjoy. We will cut to Cora uh, and Richard. So when Jasper, well, when Mitch goes, does his thing, and then Jasper and Koya to go do their thing. This is what's, you know what I mean? What we're going to do will accumulate, we'll, we'll, we'll tie into that. Um, so you guys are standing there by yourselves in the moonlight uh, with the three vehicles there left to your own. Like I, uh, like uh, Cora has said, you know, she seems antsy on edge. You know what I mean? Like, like just seems irritable. Uh, seems on YouTube. Go ahead. My, my. Guess I'll have something to do. I'll go see her up for... <laughs> Coyote, will you help me? Uh, yes, uh, sure, if I can. <laughs> well, <laughs> just having you watch is enough, brother. Right. Right, so what Cora is going to do is she's going to try to, you know, first of all, she's going to fleshcraft her lips back and, you know, a mouth to the girl. Make okay. it bigger and pattier for me. Yeah, I, I was just going to say, you know, just focus on them making them, you know, all special-like, and I'll make her fe- features more doll-like, like, try to make her eyes appear bigger. Oh, uh, like, give her, like, innocence, almost features. like plastic surgery. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh, because exactly. to make her look younger and exactly. Okay, let's see. Um, the, uh, and, what, what... and then what I'm going to have her file her teeth into, like, these sharp... You know, just fell her, make her them appear like, for example, shark teeth or something like that, like triangle shaped. I can't give her like a little. Okay, so give her like a little, like the grinning cat from Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. So you know, she's gonna be all pretty like, and then she'll open her mouth, and there'll be this monstrous assortment of teeth there. Okay, cool. So, uh, the last, the role that you did for flesh crafting last time, I know there's two, one for bone craft and one for flesh craft. Mm-hmm. Which one was the flesh craft one? Dexterity plus body craft. Uh, okay, I'm going to have you do dexterity and body craft difficulty six because it's pretty straightforward because you've practiced this on yourself, matter of fact, except for the teeth, yeah. you know what I mean? But you have done the teeth before though when you had the, uh, when you had the, mm-hmm. the war right. Difficulty six, uh, let's say, uh, two successes to make her look as good as you know what I mean you want to and oh yeah I actually have two successes because I ignore the one sweet so you're sitting there and as you um 
Okay, so I'm gonna describe the scene. So, Richard, do you do it in the do you do it in the back of the dairy truck, Cora, in the dark with the moonlight coming in, or do you take her out, or where do you do under it? Under the at? moonlight, you know, the moonlight shining on her. Nice. So you bring her out like into the into the ground, like on the gravel there, and the, like the parking lot kind of thing. Is that what you're doing? Uh, anyway, so you you take you take her out, or Richard takes her out, or do both of you guys take her out? I'd say both of you guys would probably need to take her out because yeah. you're not as strong as uh, uh you have potency. Richard, though, Richard, right? Yeah, Richard has potent, so he he like takes her out and yeah, lays her on the ground. Strong. Yeah, he's pretty strong, so he takes her out and lays her on the ground. Richard, you see where Korak like goes like north south of her, like where like she's like looking, you know what I mean? Like uh, she, her knees are on the side of her head, she's kind of looking down at the girl and uh, only pushes her hair out of the way. And you can kind of tell uh, uh, Cora, uh, and you have a high Valdery rating with Coyote, right? Or is it just Coyote who has a high Valdery rating with you? Um, no, uh, I, I have a very high rating with Coyote. I think it was uh, the maximum. <laughs> and what about you, Cora, with Coyote? What's your rating with him? Uh, five. Five, okay. He treats me well, sense, so I Richard. like him. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You like the whole pack, man. So it's you're, yeah. you're the den mother. So uh, you, uh, Richard, though, when you see her lay, when you lay her out, this this lady, and you see Cora like like go north south and like take a knee and look down on her, and, like move the hair out of her face. You see the moonlight hit this girl, and you see like the towels, these white towels that are wrapped around her, and you get this sense of like you you realize that this is special to Coyote. Like, what's laying out before you? You know what I mean? Like, you're looking down at it, and you see, like, she's pale because she's lost two blood points. And you see, like, the moonlight coming down on her. And it's almost like this, this, this she, 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 not to the world, but to her, to you, she shines with this radiance. And, it, and, it, and you get the sense of it's almost like your, your best friend or family member has a baby or something like that. You know what I mean? The first time you see it, you feel this odd connection when you're looking down. So when you see Cora, starts doing what she does and it's not as bloody and it's not as violent I would say as what she did to uh, uh, Coyote but you get the sense of like pride in that Cora is doing something like this for someone in your pack you know what I mean it's not as monstrous because she's not like causing her harm she's making this girl beautiful and in a way when she changed started changing her teeth you kind of like are wondering if there's like a moral or whatever, you know what I mean to this or what, but you see that it's just it's sacred what she's doing. It's not like what she did to Coyote, you know what I'm saying? But it's like sacred what she's doing here. And, um, scenes on you guys, go ahead. I'm sorry. I just wanted to like explain that you feel connection with this girl because of the connection that Coyote has to her, you know? Okay. So yeah. Uh, Cora will probably, uh, you know, be whispering to the girl like, how, how she's going to be so beautiful and how Kyote loves her so much and that she's so lucky. And... <laughs> you see her looking, her eyes look up at you, but she can't communicate. You see that almost like her, she can't communicate. Like, her brain is almost to the point of, like, she's insane. She's like, but not like in, an, like, she's in shock. Like, in mental shock. She's not in a, insane, like, hard myself up, but she's in, like, 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 almost almost catatonic like barely holding on you know what i mean and she's looking up and her eyes are almost pleading at you you know what i mean as they're looking up especially how you're making them more beautiful and more pronounced and you can see like 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 she's almost like the last little bit of will that she has left she's trying to push in the eye contact that you and her have begging something make this stop make it all back to normal how it was like just a, a day ago or a couple of days ago you know what i mean when she was in that diner and you guys like reined in like a force of god and and then just ripped her out of her existence but of course it doesn't stop you 
and you go about doing what you do for your for your for your own uh in a way selfish ways as you guys are sitting there and you're watching this uh richard standing there all of a sudden you hear this scream like ah and then you hear a crunch like a, cr- a cracking sound and then all of a sudden you hear like you smell like burnt smoke and you kind of hear you think the sound of flames uh all right uh mitch back to you what are you doing mitch Mitch will slowly walk back to the church's entryway. Uh-huh. The back entryway or the front entryway? The front entryway. The door he came okay. by. So you're walking past Jasper and you're walking past Coyote who has these two nuns in the air like he just broke their neck. And you guys see Mitch walking by you. Go ahead. Mitch will look at his pack mates, light another cigarette. We best be moving on now. And then he'll just walk out. So you see Mitch walk past you too, Jasper and Coyote. What are you guys doing? I look at ja- Coyote and was like, "Nice, nice job keeping it clean," and just follow after. <laughs> nice job keeping it clean. <laughs> you guys see all three. You see all three of them coming around. Uh, you see notice it first, Richard, uh, as they come walking around the side. All right, scenes on all you guys. Go ahead. Am I slowly walk to his truck? Yeah, yeah, you heard him say it's time to roll out as he walks towards his truck. Did we get some food for the humans? Uh yeah. Did you pick up those cans, Jasper? By the way. Yeah, I'll pick them up after the after off the ground. Are there any okay, priestly gotcha. priestly garb garb in the priests' quarters? Uh well, they're on fire. The priest quarters is on fire right now. But oh, okay. I was thinking about using the nuns' clothing. The nuns' clothing, yeah. And so, um, oh God, it's so fucked up. So you got this vicissitude chick with shark teeth who's going to be wearing nuns clothing, dude. It's like, what the fuck? Anyway, so uh, you see Mitch walking by. Mitch is going straight to his truck. You wanted to say something to Coyote. Go ahead. Scenes on all you guys. And you guys see this girl laying out in the middle that uh, that Cora just, you know what I mean, vicissitude. Uh, all right, Richard, go ahead. Sorry about that. Your bride is ready for you now. Hmm. I'll right. drop the two nuns in walk over to where she is and admiringly glance down at her. I follow and I see that she's important to you, but I don't understand it. I'll just I'll just give him a sideways look and look back down at her without saying anything. You know, she could be long, uh, years longer if you gave her a drop of your blood. Mm, you'll see forever if you want it. Flickering across my face, I'll uh, look across. Say, you do it. I can't marry my own daughter if this is going to be the case. Okay, so Cora picks the knife she uses for the Waldery, takes her closer, and then slices her arm, and you know, sort of. You're making her a ghoul, right? Yeah. That's what you're, you're doing the first step of being bound. Okay, gotcha. So, yeah, you see, like, as you're, as you do that, you see, like, the, your blood hits her lips and you, that eye contact, you have it with her again. And you see, like, her eye, her pupils, like, extremely dilate, dude. And then you see her eyes roll back in her head and you see, like, her, her eyes close. And then you see this smile, like, break out, like, this wide smile. And you see those shark teeth, dude, that are there, um, uh, laying on the ground there. So, so uh, I'll take her hand. For the first time, I will also grin. That's all what I was have. that? I'm sorry. I said, as uh, I see, when I see her shark teeth for the first time, I will grin. All right, that's nice. All right, go ahead, Cora. <laughs> yeah, then I'll take her arm and his arm, and you know, just sort of join them together. 
So this, yeah, the girl stands, the lady stands up and she like, like just grabs Coyote's hand and, and you feel this, you're surprised a little bit, Coyote, by this the little strength that she seems to squeeze onto it. And it's your big hand engulfs her old hand because she, she doesn't have the young hands that her face has, you know, and the youngness and vibrancy her face has. You, you look down at her hands, you can see like the veins on top of her hands, you know what I mean? But you're, soon you forget it as your large paw, like just like, uh, just just covers it completely up as you hold her hold her hand there. What mm. the fuck? I did not think this was gonna happen, dude. Um, okay. Um, now, did you want to have the talk at the church, Cora? Or are you guys taking off? Going to have the talk somewhere else, or what? Uh, one thing. Yeah. Um, I'm struggling a bit to uh, <laughs> to uh, think on how Richard would react to this, and uh, since he has humanity six. Um, would this affect him somehow? Would definitely I don't look think so strange. because I don't think he played it. it would, yeah, it would look strange. And it's not like, but I'm going to think like the two dead bodies that are laying on the ground, the two nuns or whatever, I don't think um, uh, uh, that would affect your humanity because you weren't standing there when they got killed, right? You know what I mean? Seeing yeah. this girl, you didn't do anything. You're just seeing her. And if actually, if anything, even if you, for some reason you would have to roll a humanity roll for seeing what it would be i would feel be negated by your boldery role with coyote and seeing the happiness it brings coyote you know what i mean and yeah. seeing that in a way it's a fucked up version of matrimony with him and this girl and almost in a fucked up way you could probably rationalize it in richard's head by saying well it could have been worse she could have still been molded shut thrown in the back of that fucking van and eventually be killed or he's being absorbed in and it's almost like you see this compassionate side of your packmate. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So maybe yeah. this will be what pulls him off the path that he's going down, where he's inevitable doom of being given over to the yeah. little style. Maybe I've got a partner in crime now. No, <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> no man, the, 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 the possibilities are endless. It's like a fucking... We're, we're we're jumping into like romance movie territory now. No, I'm joking. You know? The monster. Bit of, bit of romance. I'd stick with what I uh, had originally intended. Um, so Richard doesn't get it that Coyote has this new friend, but he's very happy for him that he's happy with it. Oh. I was about to say, I thought you were saying you're going to get jealous. I'm like, man, that would be a fucking like a, a twist. You know what I, I mean? I <laughs> Hey, you never know what could possibly happen. You could see like it could something to explore. Who killed my oh man, what the fuck? I like I can't believe I'm even thinking of that potential jealousy, whatever story arcs. You guys are standing in the parking lot right now. Mitch, you're standing by the truck. You guys saw everything. Scenes on you guys. Go ahead. Well this this, this stop was much more eventful than I thought it would going to be. My 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 I suppose we should get away from the fiery church. I suppose that you we should. However, I do have a thing that I wish to address uh, about our new member, Richard. He expressed the want to talk about our myths and legends of the Sabbat. And I believe we should indulge him. Now, for some of you that might be a repeat of things we talked about in the past, but I do wish that you'll state your opinion on these things, but uh, hopefully we'll 
get to do this sooner rather than later. So I <clears throat> I think we should get away from this place, but not too far. Uh, somewhere we can sit and talk. I agree. Maybe a couple miles down the road so we can see that warm glow on the horizon. If you insist, brother. And you guys definitely see a change in Mitch. When he talks and he stops and he turns and talks to you, and you've seen the moonlight on him, like he seems almost like, uh, what's the term, alabaster? No, that's black, right? The, he seems like, flesh almost seems like, you know what I'm saying? Like it absorbs the light of the moon. You know, in a, in a weird way, like you definitely see, like a change has overcame uh, Mitch at that moment. But go ahead, season, you guys. All right, then, let's go. All right. So you guys get you guys get on the road, same vehicles. You notice that uh, uh, Coyote and his new bride, like he gently helps her up the steps into the back of the truck, and he goes behind there and he closes the door. And we'll just assume in the rest of the scenes he's standing in the backdrop. You know what I mean? Like holding her hand. Uh, you guys drive like about a mile down the road until you see, like you can pull over to the side, you know, and still see the church. You know, how you're starting to see like the, the the main body of the church has caught on fire. You know what I'm saying? Oh, no. So Coyote took the two bodies, by the way, the nuns in with him and his new bride and put him in the back of the of the truck there, you know, of the of the uh, dairy truck. So you guys pull over scenes and you guys go ahead. Well, well, then come sit in a circle. I will sit down right next to her, like eager to find out uh, what she's going to say. I'll get out and just simply, you know, just sit down. It's like, okay, we're doing this again. Like, just, just politely listening. Uh-huh. Mitch, Cora, where are you sitting? <laughs> <laughs> Mitch will stand <laughs> slightly behind the circle. <laughs> So they well, well. Cora's face. I will tell you the story of Cain, or at least a part of it. Now, there are many myths and legends, but I will tell you this, what I have learned from our dear bishop. This knowledge is not something you can easily find, but he did provide me with a couple of verses from the Book of Nod, our holy book. And I do hope that you'll come to understand and respect these words. Brother Richard, I assume that you are acquainted with the story of the first murder? Quite. (laughs) Yes, I am. Yes. Well, it's, it's not quite as the human. While it is true that God cursed Cain with a mark, he cast him out into the land of Nod. But that's not where Cain's story ends. In many ways, this is where it begins. Because when he was cast out into the land of Nod, he met Lilith. And Lilith showed him compassion. She gave him food, clothing, where he had not. And the two became lovers. But Cain wondered where she got the food, how she made the clothes, and he pleaded her to teach her. He pleaded her day and night, or rather night after night. And after a while, she relented and awakened Cain by bleeding 
into a bowl. Three angels visited Cain afterwards, and I will tell you what they said, as I have written it down. Now you must understand that the Book of Nod is written, or, the, or rather, this part of the Book of Nod is written from the perspective of Cain, and I will try to keep keep it to its original wording, as I have learned it from Vidar. Michael, General of Heaven, wielder of the holy flame, said unto me, Son of Adam, son of Eve, thy crime is great, and yet the mercy of my father is also great. Will you not repent the evil that you have done, and let his mercy wash you clean? And I said to Michael, not by the ones above grace, but mine own will I live in pride. Michael cursed me, saying then, for as long as you walk this earth, you and your child will fear my living flame, and, we will, uh, and it will bite deep and savor your flesh. And this, this, Richard, is why we burn in the fire, why it hurts us so much. This is not just... That probably stinks. Mitch, that probably stings you hearing that too after your whole talk and what you just did. Go ahead, continue on. I, I just want to point that out. Go ahead, Slavic. Cain's pride is why we burn. And we carry that pride deep within us. Do you understand? Yes, I think I understand. And on the morning, Raphael came on lambent wings, light over the horizon, driver of the sun, ward of the east. Raphael spoke, saying, Cain, Son of Adam, son of Eve, your brother Abel forgives you for your sin. Will you not repent and accept the mercy of the Almighty? And I said to Raphael, not by Abel's forgiveness, but mine own will I be forgiven. Raphael cursed me, saying then, for as long as you walk this earth, you and your children will fear the dawn. The sun's rays will seek to burn you like fire, wherever you hide always. Hide now for the sun rises to take its wrath on you. And it is because of Cain's pride that we burn in the sun and we carry this pride in our hearts. Do you understand this, Richard? Yes, I understand. And when, when, Cain, <clears throat> when, Cain, when I awoke from my day of sleep, I heard the sound of gentle rushing wings and I saw the black wings of Uriel draped around me. Uriel, reaper, angel of death dark uriel who dwells in darkness uriel spoke to me quietly saying son of adam son of eve god almighty has forgiven you your sin will you accept his mercy and let me take you to your reward no longer cursed and i said to dark winged uriel not by god's mercy but my own will i live i am what i am i did what i did and that will never change and then through dread, Uriel, God Almighty cursed me, saying, Then for as long as you walk this earth, you and your children will cling to darkness. You will drink only blood. You will eat only ashes. You will be always as you were at death, never dying, living on. You will, forever, you will walk forever in darkness. All you touch will crumble into nothing until the last days. And that, Richard, because of Cain's pride, we feel the beast in our hearts, and we lust for blood of men. Do you understand this, Richard? I understand that this curse is what seals the pride in Cain. 
what seals the pride yes. in us. Yes. And after this, after this, Cain, Cain had awakened, had truly awakened. This was the moment where he first learned the disciplines. This is the first moment where Cain could be called a vampire. So tell me, what do you think of this story? The story is not yet finished. What do you think of Cain, our dark father, whose legacy we all carry? Do you think he it's was a blessed? Grand legacy. Or do you think he was cursed? Or do you think he simply is? I think he was enlightened. Enlightened. Why do you think he, so? He, he found his responsibility and he he stuck to it. He did not beg for forgiveness. Yes, yes. He was very, very stubborn. What do you think, brothers? I think that Cain found wisdom in his life and that when others tried to question his wisdom, he stuck by it. And he did not let himself waver from his conviction. So then Cain was in the right. God was in the wrong. And indeed, you? sister, indeed. Ah. God shot himself in the foot with the last curse. <laughs> and Mitch, what about you? I think Cain gave God the correct middle finger. Uh, so you also think Cain was in the right. Interesting. Interesting. I shall leave the rest of the story for another day, or rather, another night. But I do hope that I've given you all something to think about, and that things yeah, that are not always as clear as they seem. On that note, before we end the session, I want to know how each of your characters have processed, you know what I mean? Like everything with this final touch of the story, you know what I mean? Like everything that happened today, maybe, or throughout, you know what I mean? They're undead. They're, they're on life. Excuse me. You know, like how is this singing true? Because in a way I, I felt Richard, when, when, um, when you, when, when, after, when you gave what you felt, it almost like seemed to reinforce like your drive and determination to stick to something. Like when you're driving down that road and you heard that, you know what I mean? And you said that came, Sounded like he just said, no, I'm stuck. I'm stuck with this. I'm going to do my thing and I'm going to do what, you know what I mean? I, I want to do on my own. Is it, was that correct in that? Did I interpret that correctly? Yeah. Um, I think Richard um, would uh, also be really stubborn and just standing up to the hardships and uh, yeah. the I mean, you're, you're a podunk. around him. Yeah. Well, you, first you had a hard life. You're a podunk. You know what I mean? Like, honestly, like a podunk moonshiner who probably got looked down upon by most people who lived in, you know what I mean? The town, low education, all that shit. And then you got embraced against your own will. So now you're almost looking at like, you know, um, you have someone to emulate. You know what I mean? Right? Yeah. Like the first vampire you can emulate. Yeah. In a way. Uh, what about you, Jasper? Or, or do you have anything to add to that? I'm sorry. I look like you're about to say something. Uh, yeah, I think um, uh, Richard isn't... Uh full of pride right now but it's definitely something uh, that he would aspire to be to become oh, like, the sort oh, of Kane. Like LNEP in a way, right? Yes. Oh, gotcha. Cool. Uh, what about you, Jasper? How do you, are you uh, absorbing this? And I suppose that by this point he's, he's sort of seeing this story and after everything he should die, he's sort of like okay, so I know that these people are now uh, they're, they're in my pack and now I have to stand by my conviction, even though there's going to be a whole lot of hardship coming in towards it. I have to stick by it. I have to make, stay the course. 
I'd like that. Like, so like there's strength in numbers and basically you guys are going to survive this together. And like with how you were talking to the talk you had with Ilanipi and then the talk you had with, with Coyote, you've came to that conclusion. That's crazy. I never would have thought that about Jasper at the beginning of the session. You know what I mean? But it's just, it's kind of crazy how these games work out. You know what I mean? Certain things happen and their characters adjust their train of thought. You know what I mean? I like that. That's pretty cool. Talking about adjusting their train of thought, Mitch, uh, like, so you've had, um, lesson from Cora, kind of like bring everything in. Mitch feels very liberated right now. He's burning away. Oh, wow. Liberated life. And he's going to embrace. Oh, I here fully. Oh, wow. That that's dope. So like hearing the story about King kind of doing saying, I'm going to do what I'm going to do is kind of like you let go of everything too, by like, you're saying like basically almost like burning that priest that you embraced was a way of you snubbing and saying no to the opportunities to be forgiven for what you are, right? Correct. That's crazy, man. That's good stuff. Uh, I can't wait to explore it further. What about you, Cora? I mean, you're the one who gave, you know what I mean, that talk. What, what's going on in Cora's mind at this moment? Well, uh, Cora's mind is sort of, you know, just slowly, it's really messy right now, okay? Because she did a lot of stuff right now with the, you know, fleshcrafting the girl for Coyote and then leading the sermon, I guess, of Cain and uh, sort of preparing for all that. And now she's just a bit overwhelmed, I guess, from all the things yeah, feel she's feeling. And think about it. You're only about a sixth of the way to where you guys need to get. Hello, folks. Have you ever wished you could have an easy way to find gameplay videos and podcasts or just media in general? that deals with your favorite White Wolf role-playing games? Or have you ever wished you could find a forum to share gameplay that you have recorded, one which wouldn't be drowned out by random posts and discussion so that your media could get the attention you want? Well, we have the answer for you in a Facebook group we run called White Wolf RPGs Gameplay and Media. The group is specifically ran with the sole intent of it being a one-stop shop for people to view or share media involving the games we all love. We take thorough steps to ensure the page does not become cluttered and is easy to traverse. We are currently over 1,000 members strong, and we are continuing to rapidly grow with new media being shared every day. Stop on by! We hope to see you there. High Level Games, the industry's first choice in taking your games to the next level. We are a podcast blog and new media network at highlevelgames.ca. We have blog posts about all of your favorite games going up five days a week and a podcasting network with actual plays and shows that discuss role-playing games with more rolling out all the time. We are on iTunes, Twitch, and YouTube. Find out more information at highlevelgames.ca, a site that certainly isn't controlled by a shadowy board of directors of otherworldly origin. That's highlevelgames.ca. Please, help. They're coming. The mission seemed simple enough, don't they always? Simple sweep and flush out operation. We loaded them up in a hazmat tanker in Montreal and shipped them to a downtown warehouse in the Valley of the Sun. It would have been in and out in a few nights. Well, we wouldn't be telling the story if it all went as planned, would we? I go ahead and uh, I pop quietest 
Alright, yeah, I'm gonna run at him and do a sweet spin kick and knock his head off. We're waiting to see whether or not the abomination kills us. Shufflehead Chronicles is available on the Critical Hints feed. Search for Critical Hints in iTunes, Google Play, or any other podcatcher. I, I, I don't think this is how, no. The Los Angeles metropolitan area is constantly growing and changing. The Central District is full of new buildings. The Hollywood and Wilshire Districts, once far from downtown, now are part of a which spreads past Beverly Hills and out to the ocean. Why is all this going on in Los Angeles? Why is Los Angeles an exploding city? Neon Masquerade. The Demon's Mirror. Thirteen Candles. Three Chronicles running through the undead veins of the City of Angels. The Esoteric Order of Role Players Actual Play Podcast invites you to drink deeply. Go to eorpodcast.com and search the duets tag to find out more. Hi guys, I wanted to let you know about my YouTube channel, the video journals of Mike Bailey. Mike Bailey is a character I play in a live action vampire game called New England Nightmares, which uses the new Binite Studio rules for Mind's Eye Theatre. The Chronicle's set in the city of New Haven, Connecticut, and we run on the third Saturday of every month in Southington, Connecticut. Most of the credit for the stories told in my journals comes from the plots developed by the amazing storytellers who run my game. So the videos on my channel are basically an in-character video logs of the newly sired Ventru Mike Bailey. They follow him from his days as a naive mortal, to his violent embrace during the Anarch Revolt in the city of London, and on to his arrival on the shores of New Haven. The journals show Mike trying to come to terms with his kindred nature, his powerful but impure blood, and his attempts to hide his past from other members of the court of Prince Lucius. They put out updates every two weeks, and I love feedback and questions, so check out my channel, subscribe, and leave me a comment.